Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to movies that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. And this week it was your choice, wasn't it? It was. I chose a film called Gone Girl. Okay. Um, and I chose this film for a couple of reasons. First of all, because we haven't really done a thriller yet, I don't think. Uh, not a traditional thriller. Um, so that was something I thought would be interesting for us to do. Mm-hmm. None of the genres to explore. But also, I wanted to do this film because I've been meaning to rewatch this film for some time. Because I haven't seen it since it was out in the cinema. Right. And I remember being... I can't remember another time when I was so kind of wrong-footed by a film in the cinema. Because when Gone Girl came out, it was nominated for a lot of Oscars. It got a lot of really positive reviews. So I kind of mm-hmm. went in not, not having not read the book mm-hmm. and not really known the story beyond that it's about a girl who disappears. You know, a girl who's gone. Um, <laughs> a gone girl, if you will. Um, <laughs> I went, so I went in thinking this is going to be like a serious film, mm. which it is not. <laughs> really? I thought it was going to be really serious and oscar baity and, you mm-hmm. know, arty like um you know like room or i don't know fences or something Mm -hmm. and and it's just clearly i mean this film makes some choices this one really makes some choices do go on (laughs) well i'm just in terms of the thing the way the the plot goes i mean what what do you think of it no no tell me about these uh these choices that it made Uh, i'm quite interested because so far i don't completely agree with what you're saying that it didn't take it seriously like i felt this is a a really serious film and not necessarily oscar baity but I just thought I was just surprised how like actively insane it was. Like the plot just went into such weird places that you don't normally see from an, an Oscar. It reminded me of like a Paul Verhoeven film, mm, definitely. You yeah. know that kind of style of being very, very over the top. And I guess maybe it was in French, like L. Like yeah. it was. It was kind of. If it was in French, you'd be like, "Oh yes, it's arty and weird." But I think you're watching an English language film. For me, you haven't expected. I don't, this isn't a criticism. I think the film is really entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I just went in expecting a different film from what I saw. So watching it a second time, I could enjoy it more for what it was because mm. I knew that it was just, it was going to be silly and over the top and melodramatic. And tell me how it was silly. Well, did we watch the same film? I hope so. You didn't watch Gone Baby Gone, did you? Which no. is a very serious Casey Affleck film. Um, no, I watched the Ben Affleck film. Ben Affleck film. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, what was your favorite scene in the movie? I think one of my favorite scenes might have been. The bit where he bumps into his dad at the police station. Because that, that, that felt completely random and sort of unconnected to anything else. Yeah. And then that plot was just finished. Well, I think it was supposed to be so that he could have a reason to visit his dad's house, which is where he finds the clue. But yeah, the dad is never seen again. Mm. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff like that with, the, with just very strange plot mechanics going on and, and things mm-hmm. like picking up and dropping all the time. Uh, one of my favourite scenes is where he is... Performing cunnilingus on her. Performing what, sorry? He's performing cunnilingus on her. He's eating her out. Oh, yeah. And she just sits up and looks d- deep into his eyes and goes, Nick Dunn, I really like you. And then just flops back onto the bed again. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, do people do that? I, I I, no, I've not done it. No. <laughs> Nick Dunn, I really like you. No, just just so many ridiculous scenes like that. Oh, okay. I will say the dialogue in this film drove me insane. It felt like there were no pauses between anyone's conversations. Everyone was speaking this really fast staccato, finishing each other's sentences kind of way. Like it felt really unnatural. When we first moved here, I went to a fertility clinic. It didn't work. I did my part. Masturbate. It came time for Amy to do her thing. Yeah, I suppose a few bits that did feel like that, but that's never been a problem for me. Like I really like uh, an Aaron Sorkin film. Okay. Particularly for that, just mm-hmm. for having such fast dialogue. Yeah, I just I feel, think the, especially between him and his sister. I guess maybe mm-hmm. that's supposed to be the idea that they're twins and they have this like connection. But it was just it was so fast and quippy. It was always like it was 
very hard for me to like stay focused on what they were saying because mm-hmm. like nobody this isn't how people talk mm-hmm. so. what do you think of uh, the casting of neil patrick harris this, well again this is where the film made some very interesting choices with the casting is they cast some very strange people in this film mm. yeah, neil patrick harris would not be my first kind of go-to for that character although you know what I, I feel like he's been typecast and this is con- the complete opposite of what he's typecast in true yeah a thriller where he gets his throat slit true although i will say once again much like elijah wood in a cell of sunshine oh yeah i felt like actually neil patrick Harris plays a creep pretty well maybe you should play more creeps right so <laughs> that was good um but yeah i just thought that was really really odd who was your favorite character um my favorite character was the inspector the inspector yeah mm. the the utterly useless inspector yeah <laughs> well no actually no no her partner yeah, him. He yeah. was. Yeah. He was the worst. He was just so bad at his job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene with him was at the end when she has come back mm-hmm. and they're questioning her, and Nick makes a very valid comment, observation, like that's something that seems very convenient, doesn't it? And he just turned the, the police officer turns around and goes, "Can't you just be happy she's back?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> like come on, do your job. Like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he was the comic relief almost. A little bit, yeah, but I guess he didn't... I wish, If that was the case, I wish he'd been... A bit more funny. Yeah, a little bit funnier, rather yeah. than just really, really terrible at his job. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think my favourite character was Tyler Perry's character, actually. The lawyer. Yeah. He knew exactly what film he was in. Mm. Uh, I felt like his character was not taking things remotely seriously. No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> so many scenes where he's like, you know, literally after his wife has... Kill, prove and kill people. He's like, your wife is crazy. It's like, you two are as bad as each other. It's like, she's a murderer and you're a lawyer and you're just like laughing it off. Mm. It was really funny. And also the scene where Nick is rehearsing for the news interview and he's just throwing gummy bears at him. Yeah. Why? Don't know. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. Like, this film he, made... he, he's a wild card. Yeah. But this, this film made choices. Like, this film really made choices. Sure. Yeah. Now, one question I've got. Why was it that Nick Dunn was, he was let out of jail? On bail, I assume. Mm-hmm. But was he not arrested for the suspected murder of his wife? Yeah. Do you get bail for being a murderer? Well, he's supposed to, he wasn't supposed to have much money, so how do you even post bail? I, I that don't was think. How did they live in that house? He was a unemployed writer who was working in a, in a bar that didn't seem to have more than two customers in it at any given time. <laughs> she didn't work. No. I know she had a trust fund, which doesn't give most of that to her. How did she afford that amazing house? Well, because they probably bought it out right back in the day. Okay. And they now regret it a little bit because... Oh, okay. Fair. I'm putting there. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? I really enjoyed the bit... And this is another example of it being insane. When she comes back, you know, she, mm-hmm. so she kills Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. And then she, the big thing where she comes back and she's like covered in blood. And there's that ridiculous scene when she staggers in in front of all the papers. And she's yeah. just like covered in blood, head to toe. And then she's in that... She's bloody for so long. I know. So much blood. It like, feels like a day later that she yeah. has that shower. Yeah, she, I, there are about three times in the film, in the last ten minutes of the film, I was like, somebody wash her for the love of God. Like, <laughs> get her a wet wipe or something. Like, Because she's just constantly... Yeah, she's she sat in the hospital. Nobody washes her. She's being interviewed. Nobody washes her. It's mm. like... And then she goes home and she's still covered in it. Like, she's... Obviously, that's all building towards her... That shower scene. Being in the shower. Yeah. yeah. And so that she can sort of wash off... Yeah, because they wanted that sexy kind of basic instinct thing of her washing blood out of her hair and it yeah. suddenly turning to water. It would have been so sticky. It would I know, have been, like, yeah. Flaking off. Yeah, that's not how blood works. No, no, not yeah. so. <laughs> I kind of felt like Amy's vagina was its own character in this movie. To <laughs> 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 go on. It was just. It was, I, I guess there's the, the, the whole running thing about this film, which I think um, could be summed up as bitches be crazy. 
Yes. Like, it's yeah. very much decided that women are just insane mm-hmm. and they will kill you, mm-hmm. which I agree with. But yeah, there were so many references to... Well, there's the that Cunnilingus scene I was talking about. And then there's a scene where he describes her as having a world-class vagina. <laughs> yes. And in front a, of a load of reporters. Of people, yeah, which is all enchanté, <laughs> yeah. And fun fact for the readers, you have a world-class vagina. <laughs> and then there's... There's also, yeah, there's all these weird shower scenes and sex. I don't, I don't, it just felt like the true villain might have been Amy's vagina. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised. Oh, cause she also fucks Neil Patrick Harris to death, essentially, because she's, like, fucking him and then she, like, mm-hmm. slits his throat. I just felt like everything she did was very vaginally oriented. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd done a twist where her vagina had teeth. Have you seen the film Teeth? I heard about it. Yeah, I wanted to do it at some point. No. Nope. I would not have been surprised if there was a scene in which her vagina just, like, bit someone's dick off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hell of a I twist. Like, I really felt like that was where this film might be going. Is that your crossover for this it's week? It's not. I was tempted, but no. What did you think of, of him, Nick? Classic Ben Affleck. In that he his acting style of, I can so barely be bothered doing this. Yeah, no. Like I'll allow one smile per film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did he smile in this film? Yeah, in that in those photos. Oh, okay. Oh, of course he did the smile, yeah. the selfie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was all very odd. Uh, yeah, I. I know. I don't really like Ben Affleck. No, I I kind of once again wished it was Casey Affleck. Yeah. Because he would have done a really good creepy. Because I think the problem with this film is I've heard from people who've read the book that in the book it's much more clear that they're both as messed up as each other. Right, okay. And it's this very toxic marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's a competition that they have to, like, who can treat the one the worst. Mm. Whereas in, in the film, it felt like he was kind of the victim. Yeah, really It did. kind of really felt like, well, she's just this insane psychopath and he's this, not a great guy, you know, he's having an affair and he's kind of, but but, but fundamentally not a monster, mm-hmm. you know? And so you kind of feel from a little bit. Whereas, yeah, it's, so that, that kind of unbalanced a little bit, I think that did make the film just seem very almost a little bit misogynistic. Cause it's mm-hmm. just like, well, yeah, bitches be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Completely, yeah. Yeah. I also felt like, apart, I think probably needed Ben Affleck there because everyone else was being so hammy. Mm. Having someone like Ben Affleck who's kind of quite bland, at least kind of brought it down a notch. Because mm. there were some actors in this film who were really munching some scenery. Um, I really liked the pregnant woman who Amy, who's Amy's best she friend. She was so good. She was, yeah, yeah. Where is your wife? Where is your wife? <laughs> Where's your wife, Nick? Let the police do their job. What did you do to your pregnant wife? There was, oh, the newscaster, who was apparently on 24-7, just running that one story. Yeah, yeah. Like, every time the, the sister, like, switches on the TV, like, that story is playing. And mm-hmm. this really crazy newscasters like literally point staring right down our camera going you nick <laughs> you you did it we don't believe you nick yeah and i know american journalism is a little bit um you know sensational but mm-hmm. dear god like, yeah <laughs> i was also really annoyed because she she felt like a character in the movie the mm-hmm. newscaster mm-hmm. she felt like somebody and then when they finally have a he decides to talk to a newscaster he talks to a different newscaster I still wanted it to be her. He talks to her. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. yeah he just talks to some random woman. Yeah. Who's like, listens to him explain he has, he's having an affair and then... Sing, I mean, he, oh, did, he did have that confrontation with her at one point. Oh, he did as well, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but I just thought it was weird that it wasn't just all her because it felt like she was such a character in herself in the film. Yeah, yeah. I also like that scene where he sat in the airport with his own face on the t- on the TV screen. And he just and he puts just, a hat he on. He puts a hat on. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> how I killed Safe. My yeah. Yeah, for a murder suspect, he was wandering around a lot like, not being watched by people. Mm. You'd think he'd be constantly being surveilled or be, you know... If he wasn't behind bars, people would be watching him. But him and his sister just run around, like... Yeah. Why does it take... Why do they not just tell the police, show the police the notes? You know when they find the, the like, the... grotto full of credit cards? Yeah, yeah. Which... Just 
tell the police right away. Just yeah. like get on top of it. There's literally a note that kind of heavily implies that there's some kind of prank going on. That yeah. Amy is, you know, nope, nope, just don't mention it. And then Amy tips the police off, but it feels like it takes the police like two days to bother to it does, investigate it. it. Yeah. Also, she's in a different state. It took her two days to drive there. Yeah. Are they, are they not going to talk about that? <laughs> like, the, the call came from a different state, but yeah. it was a neighbour that took them off. It wasn't a neighbour. Yeah, yeah, that was what he said. I don't normally they... investigate leads. Well, first of all, why not? You're a police officer. You should be investigating leads. Yeah. Right? yeah. And second of all, yeah, there was just no questioning of where that came from at all. Like, like for our drug-free here, that would come from, like, the south of France or yeah. Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how do you know? Yeah. yeah. Also, how did she get all that into the sister's house without the sister, the sister knowing? I do not know. I really wanted a scene of Amy just like dragging all these like boxes and bags of like because it was lots like of Santa things. Claus, like Santa Claus, yeah, like some kind of evil Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, that'd be quite good. Oh, one thing I have to mention: yeah, one of our Twitter followers at Sane Cinema pointed out to me today that from although she's a beautiful woman, Rosamund Pike, beautiful, beautiful woman, mm. from certain angles she looks a lot like Chris Pine in drag, and now it's all <laughs> I can see. Oh no! <laughs> I think it's the eyebrows. They've both got very prominent brows. Uh-huh. And I think she has a slightly masculine face and he has a slightly feminine face. And just in between, they just have the same, very similar faces. Huh. You probably not notice, but next time you see this film, yeah. look at it, you, it will change the way you look at this film. Mm, I will uh, try and try and see that. And that would have been a really good reveal. And not, what I if she rips her face off and it's Chris Pine? Yeah. Or just rips off a wig and suddenly the actor changes and it's Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that wouldn't, wouldn't have been like, the biggest stretch for this film. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you didn't like this film. I did like this film. I just had a lot of questions. Uh-huh. I had a lot of questions about this film. But you can no. always tell when John's lying because his voice goes really high. I did like this film. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I did. <laughs> You're very subconscious now. <laughs> no, there was a. I think this is a very good thriller. I just kind of again. I think if I'd gone in the first time, knowing what to expect, mm. I might have enjoyed it more. But. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I do think it's a very good film. Oh, I really want the mum, the, the woman who played Amy's mum. Amy's mum. Mm. I really want her to read out our intro from now on. Why? Did you not know, clock the scene when they're at the press conference at the beginning, mm. where they're announcing, you know, the Amy, they're announcing the details for people who want to get in touch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and she does this amazingly, like, hammy, like, smell the fast acting reading. She goes, um, you can, you know, you can dial, you know, 1-800-AMAZING-AMY. Or you can visit her website, www.amazingamy.com. We have a hotline, 1-855-4-AMY-TIPS. And our website is www.findamazingamy.com. <laughs> it was so funny. I, really, I laughed so hard. Like, I really want her to be like, be on the box set. .com. <laughs> also... Did you, why was she always wearing safari gear? I don't know. What was that about? I don't know. Did you pick up on that as well? Definitely. Yeah. Like, she's supposed to be this wealthy kind of patrician, kind of, you know, New York suburbanite woman or whatever, Missouri suburbanite. Mm. And she constantly dressed like she, she just got off a safari. Mm. Like, she'd been hunting some tigers, and then, oh, your, your daughter's missing. <laughs> <laughs> Made no sense. Yeah, very strange. Okay, so, one other thing. Well, actually, a few other things. I have, I have a lot to say about this film, as you can probably tell. Mm-hmm. The speech that she gives about why, when Amy, when it flips to Amy halfway through the film and you realise that she's alive, mm. and she does this speech again justifying why she's behaved the way she has. That sent shivers down my spine all three times of watching that movie. Mm. Just that bit where you, you see that she's 
she is alive and she's just doing it all. Yeah. Oh, it's really creepy. But she does this speech about, uh, I think, like, I'm a cool girl, the speech, which is actually mm. a pretty good, good speech. Mm-hmm. But there's a line in it where she says, um, I've sat through Adam Sandler films. <laughs> so you know what I'm going to say, don't you? <laughs> 50 First Dates pushed her over the edge. <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah. 50 First Dates is the reason she went on that killing. She watched 50 First Dates and something inside her snapped and she just went on a killing spree. So once again, Adam Sandler, psychopath. <laughs> just put it out there. I wax strip my pussy raw. I drank canned beer watching Adam Sandler movies. The scene where she hits herself with a hammer. Oh, man. And why did she do that again? Was it to give herself a black eye so she could look like... Just to get some sympathy from that next-door neighbour, I think. It felt like a long way to go for not very much. Yeah. Like, because you shouldn't really need it. Like, I thought that was going to factor into some kind of plot where she was going to, like, t- turn up or something and be like, I've been hit or something. Or try and... Fa- but she didn't. She just kind of, like... If, if at least she could have said she was a battered wife without that necessarily, mm. or she could have like put some makeup on. Mm-hmm. It felt, I guess, it's because the idea is that she's a very extreme person and she yeah. just goes to very extreme lengths. But it was like it was really violent. As you see, her, like with, when she had the toothbrush in her mouth as well, it was oh, it gave me so much anxiety. It was like, oh, what are you gonna do? And then she, when she just yams the hammer, it's, oh, I know it cuts away, but you know sometimes when it mm-hmm. cuts away and it's worse because yeah, yeah. Mad. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, I think it would be borderline hilarious if it didn't cut away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's everything I have on this film. Um, Good, take you long enough. Sorry, I didn't mean to ramble on, but you know, I had this. <laughs> whether I liked it or not, this film gave me a lot to think about. Yeah. So uh, you can talk for a bit now because it's your turn to go first. Okay. So. Well, so you know, near the end of the movie, when they're trying to convince Ben Affleck that everything's okay, like, yeah, you ice back now, and every, everything, everything's happy. You've got a lifetime movie mm-hmm. coming out. Well, is this a lifetime movie? This is the lifetime movie. <gasps> I love it. Tell me more. Not fully happy with the name, but it's called okay. Amazing Amy's Biggest Adventure Yet. Okay. okay. I'm not sure. Maybe you can yeah. think of another one for me. I would like to propose Amy May I Sleep With Danger. Say that again? Amy May I Sleep With Danger. It's There's a really famous Lifetime movie called Mother May I Sleep With Danger. Sure. Okay. Much better name. Yes. Anyway, we'll continue. <laughs> but Amazing Amy's Most Amazing Adventure Yet, did you say? Yeah. Okay, sure. So... Yeah, well, we start with Amy, who I've started to cast as Michelle Williams, the third member of Destiny's Child. Uh, no, from uh, Manchester by the Sea. I knew I was being silly. <laughs> sure, she's in her house. She's making herself breakfast um, in their lovely home. Um, there's amazing Amy artwork everywhere, merchandise stuff. There's a picture of her parents quite prominently on the wall. There's even some baby magazines on the counter. Okay. She's making herself avocado on toast. You know, the breakfast of Instagrammers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it is though, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, and then Nick's, Nick walks in with a beer already. It's like morning, but whatever. Um, Nick, I've tried to cast Casey Affleck. Oh, okay. Good choice. A little yeah. bit meta. Yeah, but, I like it. I like it. But I think that he would actually play that quite well. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. This is a weird world where Ben Affleck does not exist. Right. So Casey Affleck is very famous. Okay. He's got the fame of both of them. Okay. Did that great film with Matt Damon. <laughs> he was great in Batman v Superman too. Much better. <laughs> oh god, I can't imagine that. I'd love to try. And he asks her where his breakfast is, and uh, she says, "Well, just go make it yourself. I've got to, I've got to go to work." Um, just sort of complains to him for just being a lazy man. What's her job? What's her job? Um, journalist. She's a journalist. Okay. Yeah, she is the perfect woman. She does go girl. Okay. That'd be a good title. Go Girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. There we go. Gone Girl 2. Go Girl. 
<laughs> Think of that when I wrote this. Oh, that's uh, and she she drugs to work, um, as yeah. everybody does. I don't know. And she she's waving at all the neighbours. Everybody loves her. She's just really good, nice person. Um, and she walks, uh, drugs around the corner, and she sees uh, an orange Lamborghini just parked up at the side. Okay. Um, and she drugs up to it. The door opens, and it is uh, Desi Collins. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick. Well. Not Neil Patrick Harris. His character. Yeah. But now played by... I don't know. Who, who, who would you cast? As a lifetime movie version of Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Elijah Wood. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, sure. So Desi Collins is played by Elijah Wood. Okay. Instantly even creepier. By the way, how tall is Elijah Wood? Is he is he an average man? Is he tall? Is he short? I always imagine him as being really short. Yeah, of don't course. Know why? Because of Lord of the Rings, obviously, because <laughs> obvious and perspective. I have a feeling he's short. He looks like he'd be short. Mm. He doesn't look like he'd like be, be much over six foot. He's probably about my height. But then I feel like Neil Patrick Harris is quite a bit taller than that. True. Well, do I mean it's fine. Yeah. Tom Cruise can play a six foot man. Can he? Yeah. How? I don't know. Oh, perspective, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, don't know how to do it, but he's like five foot or something. He's True, no, he is notoriously very short. So. Mm. Uh, no, well, yeah, unless height is a big factor in this, I don't think it matters. Yeah. So, obviously, she recognises him, slows down to say hi, and uh, she comments on what a long time it's been and what a coincidence it is to bump into him like this. Mm-hmm. And he laughs. Uh, he says that he missed her, um, and he'd love to drive her to uh, wherever it is that she's going so they can have a bit of a catch-up. Because, you know, it's been like 20 years, did they say, or something? I don't know. Something like that. It's been yeah. a good while. Uh-huh. Um, so she gets in the car, uh, and he drives off with a bit of a wheel squeak, and he's really showing off that he's driving. Driving really fast, screeching to a halt at every, at every traffic light, maybe in some handbrake turns. Mm-hmm. She's getting quite scared. She asks if he can stop, um, and he refuses. And then she's like, right, okay, well, can you let me out? And I'm just going to carry on jogging. Mm-hmm. And he says no and locks the door. Ooh. And so then she panics. She tries to open the door. She says, why have you locked the door? I really want to get out. And... He's like, no, I'm not going to let you out. And, she's, and she starts to fight him okay. while she tries, but he overpowers her. It's got a good bit of upper body strength. Elijah Wood. Yeah. If you say so. Mm. <laughs> Should we cast The Rock instead? <laughs> As a lifetime movie version of Neil Patrick Will. It's creative casting. Nah, let's Maybe it. we'll cast Hulk Hogan. No, nah, let's keep Elijah Wood. Hey, keep Elijah Wood. Okay. Hulk Hogan's like 70 now. True. Who did you say was playing? Um, Michelle Williams. Amy? Michelle Williams. Okay, she's quite pixie-ish. I'm sure, I, I think Elijah Wood might be able to take her. Pixie-ish? Yeah, she's kind of, you know, she's very slender and pixie-ish and, you know. Sure. Well, Elijah Wood uh, does manage to hold her down and inject something into her arm. Okay. And she passes out. Oh, no. Fate black. Mm-hmm. She wakes up um, in a really nice bedroom by herself. She's wearing a nightdress, so somebody's changed their clothes, which obviously isn't great. Mm. She walks up to the windows, finds that they're all locked, they're all double glazed as well, and she's not going to be able to smash them. Um, she tries the door that's also locked, so she's she's panicking, really. Mm-hmm. She ha- has a look around the room, there's no furniture that she can move. There's some built-in furniture, but nothing big. Mm-hmm. There's no other exits to the room, so she is absolutely trapped in this room. Okay. And so she screams, let me out, a few times, and nothing, nobody comes. Yeah, it's all very scary. Okay. This is feeling very Lifetime movie. I like it. Good. <laughs> I've never seen a Lifetime movie. I had to Google what it is. <laughs> <laughs> They're very silly and very melodramatic. So Yeah, good. Well, th- hopefully this will be the same. Yeah, and they always feature someone who was in some soap opera once. Oh, great. Was Michelle Williams in a soap opera? Some she point? was in Dawson's Creek, the ultimate soap opera. Oh, great. No, I don't She's know probably what. a bit too good for a, a Lifetime movie now. She's like an Oscar nominee, but... True. 
I feel like Casey Affleck on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Katie Who <laughs> I feel like Katie Holmes could very well end up in another lifetime movie. Mm, yeah. Her Hollywood career hasn't really been up to up since Batman, so True. So Okay, so now we're coming back to Nick. Mm-hmm. Um a bit of story around him. So he's just in a bar talking with his sister about how unhappy he is with his marriage, kind of similar to how how he did in the actual film. Mm-hmm. Um but he's also talking about how much he wants a kid and how he really thinks that would help their marriage. Have you cast the sister? Oh, I've not. Who who would you cast? I'm going to propose a slight wild card. Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. As I Casey like Affleck's it. twin sister. Yes. I just like it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> You're the boss. Um, I just like the idea of Ellen DeGeneres being like sat behind a bar. Well, you already really struggle to imagine. I'm just being like, that bitch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I kind of got lesbian vibes off the sister. Yes. Was she was she confirmed lesbian? Mm, didn't ever see. Okay. Well, I got that vibe, definitely. Anyway. Mm. Probably because she wore no makeup and had to kind of... Anyway, continue. Yeah, and so he's just complaining about that, and he wants a kid, but he doesn't really feel his marriage is going anywhere, but he really, really wants to work at it, because he does... He loves his amazing Amy. Okay. In this scene, we do clearly see that he is an alcoholic. Okay. Um, and he's really struggling. That's why he was drinking a breakfast, and now it's probably like, what, 10 a.m. or something, and he's at the pub already. Mm-hmm. Do they have pubs in America? Bars, I think. Bar. I think they have Irish pubs, but it's mostly just bars. Yeah. yeah. Terrible place. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just alienated a lot of fans. Sorry. Do we have American fans? Write in, let us know. We have American listeners, definitely. Oh, great. Yeah. Good, good news. So, after that, he goes home. Maybe he drives, I don't know. It's America, drink driving seems to be fine. Mm, according to sideways, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so he walks in, expecting to find Amy there. Um, oh, by the way, this is like in the evening now so okay. after work hours and she's not in so he calls on mobile just to sort of see where she is and it doesn't doesn't ring nothing happens so he's a little bit confused about it he so he rings her friend you know that pregnant one yeah and uh she picks up and says that well I've, i'm not with amy I haven't, I haven't seen her in a couple of days actually mm-hmm. and so he starts to panic a little bit but being the drunk idiot that he is he doesn't think anything of it thinks oh, she's probably just gone out with somebody else just opens a beer and starts watching telly mm-hmm. and then goes to bed. Neglectful. Good. Very. Mm-hmm. Is he the villain in this? Is this, is this kind of take, taken from Amy's perspective so that he's portrayed as the villain? Is that kind of the angle we're going with? Uh, a little bit. Okay. I, I seem to vary. Okay. Yeah, the next morning uh, when he wakes up and he still can't get a hold of her. Nobody knows where she is. And so he calls the police and reports her as a missing person. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Okay. Now back to Amy. Okay. So... We the scene opens with the sound of a door unlocking, and as it opens, Amy runs towards it with a bedside lamp, and she goes to just hit whoever's outside the door, and it is Elijah Wood, and he just holds his hand up and just catches the lamp, and oh, just wow. Elijah with, Wood is strong with, in this with, with, with his upper body strength. Um, <laughs> He's feeling more and more miscast the more going along, but go <laughs> with, with his upper body strength, he pushes it away and then pushes Amy back onto the bed and just says, "Stay there." Okay. Yeah, and maybe Elijah Wood has really committed to this role and like really bulked up. Yes, I, I think uh, I could see him doing that. Yeah. Also, also good casting, because he's now playing a creep again. Yeah, again, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I like the idea that somebody would go to all that effort for a Lifetime movie. Because like, obviously <laughs> people do that when they want someone else go. They'll, they'll like, gain loads of weight, or they'll gain loads of muscle, or they'll mm. slim right down, or whatever. I like the idea that someone would get a Lifetime movie, and they'll be like, right, I need to completely transform my body shape. So Elijah Wood <laughs> is like the rock size of this film. <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> Weird, but I like it. I want to see. I want to see what that looks like. And he put some food on one one side uh, starts just having a conversation with her like a really normal conversation asking like oh so how did you sleep are you okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah and she's like can you 
let me go, please. Mm-hmm. I would like to. I would like to go home. Um, <laughs> Remarkable yeah. composure. I, I don't know. I've not been through this experience. Yeah. And uh, he says, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that, but I will show you around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? Step into my, my gracious drawing room. Yeah. Um, so he takes her on a small tour of the house. Uh, it's actually a really nice mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, he's already rich, given he drives a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Everyone in that film did have very nice houses. They were all very rich people, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Apart from his sister. Yeah, who was really super poor. Yeah. But I guess it's because he married into money. Yeah, true. So. While he's taking on on a tour of this house, he says that, well, it's so great that, you know, we can get back together because I really missed you all these times. I never stopped loving you. And yeah, it'd be great that's back together. So you can do all the cleaning, all the cooking and, and, you know, I'll go out and work every day and, uh, you know, go go, go and have a drink afterwards and I'll bring bring all the food in and stuff. Um, and, and, prince. and don't worry you don't need to worry about uh, about security or anything like there's not gonna be any unwanted guests like all the all the windows are very secured all the all the doors are always locked there's there's no way that anybody can get in or out of this it's fine it's, and there's only the one key and there's the front door key is just round his neck oh, okay that's, that's where i keep mine really no <laughs> <laughs> weird that you believe that yeah, i to tell with you sometimes but i don't think that's true <laughs> He asked her to cook a meal, and so she just she kind of does. She's quite sort of scared by everything. He's being very sort of passive aggressive, almost, mm. um, you know, showing off all his muscles quite a lot, <laughs> <laughs> just casually flexing as he talks, just like kissing his bicep. Like. <laughs> I love this version of Elijah Wood that we created. <laughs> yeah, and so she cooks him a meal out of fear, like tears running down her face as she's doing it. <laughs> The secret ingredient is fear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He is just having a pleasant evening and she's clearly not, but the evening goes on like that. And yeah, and then they go to bed and he forces himself upon her. Mm. It's uh, yeah, quite awful. Back to Nick. Okay. We're now at the, uh, was it called the vigil? The bit where he's talking on like a bandstand to all the people and that's when... Oh yeah, I guess it'd be kind of a vigil slash press conference kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking, talking of that bit and I mean that is basically the same as how it happened in the film. So is he now pronounced suspect number one, much like in the film? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, at this point he's saying, yeah, he's saying, I've been cooperating with the police and yeah, it's all going well. And then what's her face? The pregnant lady comes up and says, where is your wife? Where is your wife? (laughs) Where's your wife, Nick? Let the police do their job. What did you do to your pregnant wife? Solid golden person. I feel like, if we're going to cast the pregnant lady, moi. You, you as yeah, definitely should just pre- cast me. Clearly, I've nailed that character. So. <laughs> Stick me in a wig, put me in a pregnant belly, it'll be fine. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, you come up and and, <laughs> and you shout that. And you also, uh, I think she does actually say in the film, didn't you know she was pregnant? Yes. Yeah. Go. Didn't you know she was pregnant? You're really stretching my sensibilities. <laughs> I can do where is your wife? And that's it. <laughs> and the crowd starts hating him, as happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, that crowd really turns on a dime, I noticed. Like. Yeah. And there's also a bit where she says that you murdered your pregnant wife. Yeah. Um, you murdered your pregnant wife. Great, great. <laughs> <laughs> and so he leaves the stage with like tears running down his face because he. He didn't know that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. He's now starting to think that she's dead as well. Everybody's hating him. They chase him back to back to his car. Um, and he drives home. And while still crying, even his sister has re- rejected him at this point. Mm-hmm. Even Ellen doesn't oh, like God. him. Yeah, so uh, he drives home and just 
opens a beer and just like cries over this beer. Uh, there's a knock on the door, um, and it's the police, and they arrest him. Okay. Decision of murder, presumably. Yeah. No idea what evidence they've got, but it's a lifetime <laughs> movie. I doubt they think about these things. Well, the original movie barely thought about these things. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously has to go in. He gets his one phone call. He So he calls his lawyer, which is uh, Tanner Bolt. And uh, in this film, Tanner Bolt uh, is going to play himself. What do you I mean he's going to play himself? As in, the lawyer is going to come in and just play himself in this Lifetime movie. Oh, so it's still Tyler Perry? Yeah. Oh, okay, I get it. Oh, of course, because this movie But remember, exists... this is a movie within a movie. Oh, of course, this movie exists in a world in which the original movie exists. Okay, great. Cool. Got it. Yeah. He comes in the next morning uh, in the police station, does some good negotiating, I guess. Probably, let's say very good negotiating, gets him off on bail. Okay. As in as in the first one. Um, he's got like an ankle bracelet or something. I feel like all that was just sort of brushed over in the first film. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You're free now. Yay. <laughs> okay, so back to Amy. Starting to wrap up now. She's in bed. Desi is on top of her. They've just finished mm-hmm. doing that. Oh, so it's not mid-stroke like it is in the original? They're no, like... no, no. It's just like they've just, they, yeah. they, they've just finished having sex. Okay. And obviously she's very unhappy and worn out. But whenever Desi <laughs> looks at her, she's smiling as though like there's, there's not a problem in the world. It's, it's all fine. She's lovely. She's enjoying her life. It's great. And uh, he says, that really worked for me. She says, good, glad I could be of service. <laughs> Scintillating bedroom conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, does he puts his clothes on, smiles at her, leaves work, uh, locking her bedroom door behind him. Okay. So she's essentially trapped in there every day while he goes to work. Okay. And she calls up in bed and just cries like when he's not there. Like She's just an absolutely broken person, as you would be, having been trapped there for however long. Behind her pillow and the headboard, it's... Uh, it's she scratched it in with something. It says, survive for Nick. Um, it's got a tally underneath it counting up to 30, okay. which we can assume is like 30 days. Okay. So it's actually been there for quite a while. Uh, she's having a really bad time. Um, and so uh, she goes to change her sheets. And um, as she does, she just she's holding this, uh, the quilt cover. And just without talking, without even sort of looking at anything, she just she ties it into a noose. Okay. And she ties that to the light fitting from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, standing on the bed, she puts her head through. And she just steps off the bed. It's like a completely blind look in her face. And she's just hanging there. Mm-hmm. Um, she is trying to kill herself. As she just sort of naturally swings around, she sees on the headboard, survive for Nick. <gasps> and then you just see her face completely change and just light up. And she sort of flails about a little bit. And she manages to get her legs back on the bed. And she stands up and she survives. Okay. That was tense. Yes. (laughs) She falls to her knees, panting, but she has a smile on her face. Okay. It's the first real smile she's had for weeks. Oh, okay. So she finishes making the bed, tidies the room, makes it look as though nothing's happened, so that when Desi comes home, nothing's going to be amiss. So to pass the time, she just turns the telly on, uh, (laughs) puts Netflix on, and starts watching Kill Bill. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One and two. Why not? Yeah, well, inspirational. <laughs> now, a... is this going to be Kill Bill? The actual? Are we going to see actual Kill Bill or lifetime movie like knockoffs of Kill Bill? Uh, actual Kill Bill. Okay, I would say. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'd I... like to see like, lifetime movie knockoffs of Kill Bill. Okay, well, let's not go into that because I think this is going on a bit. Okay. So a while later, uh, we see Desi driving home. It's all from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Come straight upstairs, let Amy out so that she can cook him dinner, mm-hmm. as happens every evening. She's very happy to see him, more happy than normal. But he doesn't think of anything of it. He's not really the smartest guy. There's 
you probably can tell. Yeah. So she comes down, she cooks some dinner, they both eat it together, and it's it's very nice. He's, he's talking about his day, he's talking about himself a lot, as, as he, the ego-driven man that he is. And she's flirting wildly, like she's having up everything that he's saying, and she's just really flirting a lot more than normal, but he doesn't really think anything of it. When uh, when they finish dinner, he starts reciprocating the flirting, and uh, then eventually they go upstairs, and you know he he, he knows what's what's going to happen. But then, as happens in the film, like while it's while it's all happening, she reaches under a pillow, grabs a kitchen knife, and slits his throat. Oh, okay, so much like the original film. Yeah. Okay. Oh, poor poor Buff Elijah. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> just blood all over those muscles. <laughs> um, we then get a, a slow motion camera shot of the key falling from his neck, oh, along wow. with loads of blood. Oh, that's good. And then landing on the mattress or something, or Amy, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Amy gets off the bed and just screams. She is horrified by what she's done. Mm-hmm. Like she obviously she knows that she is now free, but she is just horrified. She stays there for ages. She just can't can't deal with it. Um, it actually takes the whole whole night to just sort of get over it, but she's still covered in blood, just wearing her underwear. Mm-hmm. She leaves, gets in his Lamborghini, drives off. Now back to Nick. He's at home, just reading an amazing amazing Amy book by himself, tears streaming down his face. We really feel sorry for him Aww. by this point. Like like I say, he's by himself, not even his twin is with him anymore. No, um, Ellen's off. Yeah, she's gone. And then he suddenly hears uh, a car's horn um, outside, just, just honking frantically. Mm-hmm. So he gets up, goes to the front door, opens it, um, and he sees Amy covered in blood, getting out of an orange Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's very confused by this, and he's just got a look, a look of bewilderment on his face. And she slowly walks over to him, falls in his arms, and then freeze frame. That's the end. And then the end credits roll. That's it. Is there a, a song? Lifetime movies always have songs. Like... Uh... I made it through the wilderness. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, why not? So, yeah, that was... Um, what did we call it in the end? Uh, Gone Girl 2. Go Girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which, yeah, there right. it was. Yeah. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I, I like the idea of it being a, li- a remake of a, a Lifetime movie. Mm. I hope it would have all the production values of a Lifetime movie, like really like, soft focus, <laughs> like camera shots, mm. and like wobbly sets. And, oh, God. Yeah. And yeah, if Elijah, if you're listening, start preparing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit that gym because uh, yeah. Yeah, you need to be really top form for this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, very good, very good. Yeah, great stuff. Your yeah. turn. But okay, so my film is actually called Gone Girl Two: Bitches Be Crazy. <laughs> I really... could have guessed that, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it, that really felt like it should have been the title anyway. So this film was set eight years after the events of the original film. Oh right, okay, okay. In so, the futuristic year of 2024 or something? Well, actually, I don't think the film says what year it's in. I know, obviously, it's... Because they've got those dates every now and again, which is very David Fincher mm. kind of thing. But it never says the year. That's a good point. So it could have been mm. in, like, 2008 or Sure. Something. Okay, so when you guys in this? When I'm you... just saying it's, like, now. It's roughly the present. Like, okay. we're not talking robots and, you know... Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's kind of now. But also kind of not, which you'll see. Ooh. So... Eight years have passed since the events of the original film. Mm-hmm. Nick and Amy Dunn are still together, mm-hmm. and they have a daughter called Christine. Okay. And she is blonde-haired and blue-eyed, and she's beautiful, and to the world, they just look like the perfect nuclear family. Mm. On the inside, though, their marriage is still cold and loveless, obviously, you know? Uh, Nick is completely miserable, but he devotes all of his energies to his daughter, who's like the one good thing that's come out of this horrible mess of a situation he's found himself in. Also, he's an alcoholic. He's a very serious, <laughs> like, much like in your one, he's a very serious <laughs> alcoholic. Ben Affleck would play a good alcoholic. I think he does. I mean, mm. Maybe he just is a really good alcoholic. Yeah, maybe he is. He always feels like, yeah. Mm. 
Anyway, so after the events of the original film, Amy became a local celebrity, mm-hmm. and she's very involved in local charity work, and she works. For, she she's a spokeswoman for a lot of local women's charities, and she's mm-hmm. very involved with local politics and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And one day she receives an invitation to meet with the First Lady of the United States, hmm. who is going to be visiting Missouri to publicise an initiative against domestic violence. So Amy and the family all get together and they meet the First Lady, mm-hmm. whose name is Claire Underwood. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Uh, as it happens, she's not only the First Lady, she's also Vice President, because apparently <laughs> that's plausible. Yeah, so, so you're doing full-on House of Cards crossover. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: I was going to. My initial yeah. thought was that this was going to be a TV series spin-off. Oh, okay, it was going to be basically a spin-off of House of Cards, but with the cast of Gone Girl. Okay, and so my initial idea was, well, I'll tell you this first, and I'll tell you where it was going to go, and then I'll tell you where it actually went. Okay, okay. So Claire, so after the family meets Claire, she asks to speak to Amy privately, and she announces that the Underwood administration is looking for a candidate to replace Missouri's current member of Congress, who mm-hmm. is set to retire. And if Amy's strong family values and you know local celebrity will make her an ideal candidate. Mm. So they want her to run for office, basically. Obviously, Nick is horrified by this. Mm-hmm. Stepping into the public arena again is the last thing he wants. And he does not like the idea of Amy having power. Yeah. It's clearly a bad idea. But he's kind of forced to play along. So he joins Amy, and along with his daughter, they join Amy on the campaign trail, going around campaigning for her to be elected to Congress. And he starts drinking even more heavily to get through the stress of this situation. Like neat from the vodka bottle. Yeah, he's, he's having mm. to hide it because he has to appear, you know, much like in the original film where it's all about appearances versus reality. Mm. He has to appear like, you know, a loving, doting, put-together father. Mm-hmm. But he's actually a mess. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my original idea, as I say, was going to be a House of Cards spin-off where, in which it was going to be a TV series. So the first series was going to be Amy's rise to power to get elected to Congress. And then after Congress, she gets to the White House... Maybe then she gets into some kind of weird sexual thing where she's sleeping with Claire and Frank, you know, all this kind of stuff. Going on. And it was going to end with her being president, basically. Okay. So that was my idea, but then I couldn't really feel like I would find a way to flesh that out because House of Cards kind of, even though it's crazy, it kind of moves quite slowly. Yeah. So like telling that story would be kind of boring podcasting. So. Yeah. So yeah, so that was one idea that I kind of had that could work, but I decided to kind of go in a different direction instead. Mm-hmm. So instead, so as I say, she's on the campaign trail for, for Congress. They're doing lots and lots of TV interviews, all with that ins- one insane new cast- newscaster woman who's on 24-7 from the original film. Mm-hmm. And so days before the election, Amy is polling comfortably ahead of all her competition. Victory seems to be in, in sight. And so she decides to throw a glitzy fundraising party just for one last push to get her over the line. Mm-hmm. So they're in their house. They've got this big, you know, all the local you know, movers and shakers are in this house throwing this big fancy political party, much like you often see on House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. So, at the party, Amy is, like, commanding the room. You know, she's a very good actress. She's very good at this kind of social manoeuvring. She's walking around. And Nick is just miserable. So he's just getting more and more drunk just to, you know, he keeps slipping off and drinking more and more. And he's kind of, it's kind of showing. Mm-hmm. It's clear that he's drunk. So Amy notices this condition. She kind of grabs him, you know, subtly marches him upstairs to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then where she tells him that if he fucks this up for her, she's going to take his daughter away and he will never see her again. So, like, she's still, you know, really blackmailing him, essentially. She's, mm-hmm. she's like, you know, pull it together. He gets very angry, he punches the wall, uh, but then he, he agrees to play the good husband. So they go, come out of the bedroom, and they start to, to walk down the stairs together. And again, he's got his hand lovingly placed on the small of her back, you know, in mm-hmm. that picture of, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing, she trips, falls down the stairs. And it's a lot of stairs. <laughs> right, she's bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. How comedic is this? <laughs> no, no, it, 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 it's kind of violent. Okay. Uh, but okay. anyway, so she falls out of all these stairs. Yeah. And she's rushed to hospital. Where it transpired that she's in fact broken her spine. Oh, no. And she's now confined to a wheelchair for the rest of her life. So obviously she's forced to abandon the campaign immediately Mm -hmm. while she recovers. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and yeah, obviously the finger of suspicion immediately falls on Nick. Yes, he was drunk. Did she fall or was she pushed? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Nick doesn't mm-hmm. even know because he was so drunk he can't remember. Like, mm-hmm. So it's it's a, it's a it's ambiguous. It's a mystery. So once again, he's the most hated man in America. Mm-hmm. Like all the news people think it's him, or you know that crazy woman's ranting at the screen again. Like you know, you again, Ben him. Affleck can always play that very well. He can exactly. He's always <laughs> playing hated. However, Amy stands by him. Mm-hmm. She declares that she tripped. It was an accident, and she does not press charges. Mm-hmm. That's very kind of her. Well, it's actually not. Because oh. in private, she tells him that there's no way he's getting out that easily. Because she thinks prison's too good for him. Mm-hmm. And she'd much rather keep him trapped forever. Oh, I like it. Yeah, because if he goes to prison for like pushing someone down the stairs, that's not life. That's going to be like maybe four or five years or something. Mm-hmm. Then he can get out and just live his life. And she's like, no, 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 no. I've got you for life. <laughs> she's a, she's She'd be crazy. Yeah. Bitches be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so now Nick is once again forced to play along and play the loving husband and now also provide full-time care to Amy, who's now basically an invalid. Mm-hmm. Well, she's in a wheelchair. She's not a complete invalid. And But behind closed doors, they're still... They hate each other just as much as ever. And they're now finding all these new ways to torture each other. Mm. Yeah. And this kind of... For me, it's like a whatever happens to baby Jane kind of riff. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing, you know, where the two old women are like, you know... You remember that film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah we watched it recently. Yeah, we did, yeah. So she's in her bedroom, constantly demanding attention. Mm-hmm. And Nick's just downstairs getting drunk and basically neglecting her. Mm. And I like the idea of making Ben Affleck do like a Betty Davis impersonation. Kind of thing. <laughs> like I want him to be like a total wreck. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, she, mm-hmm. like she is in that film. Like I yeah. want him to really let himself go and just be like super crazy and, you know, <laughs> just hates her. Does he wear a wig at any point? Yes, why not? Yeah, let's have him in a crazy old wig. Great. Yeah. I never say no to a wig. So he's kind of got the upper hand at first because she is, you know, confined to a wheelchair. She mm. does rely on him. So in order to make a power play to kind of punish him and, like, you know, show him that she's not going to be allow, allow herself to be pushed over, Amy arranges for their daughter, Christine, who's eight years old, mm-hmm. to be sent to a summer camp to get her out of the house. And to get, the daughter doesn't want to go. Nick doesn't want to go because, like, he's the, the daughter is the only light in his life. In his miserable life, the daughter is the only thing that gives him any kind of joy. Mm-hmm. And Amy is sending him away, her away for the whole summer. And it's like a, a warning. It's like, if you don't treat me better... She's gone for good. Mm. You know what I mean, so this is this is her ploy. Also, Christine idolizes her dad, hates her mum because she sees firsthand her mum's cruelty. Mm-hmm. So she's very much a daddy's girl. So she gets sent to summer school where she writes constant letters to Nick, telling, describing the camp, how the time she's having. She ends up having kind of a good time, and she starts writing letters about a boy she likes and mm-hmm. kind of you know young girl kind of stuff. But anyway, several weeks pass. And then Nick gets a call from this that he needs to come and pick Christine up from the summer camp immediately. Right. So it turns out there's been an incident. Oh. So he drives to the summer camp uh, where it transpires that while re- rowing on the lake with, with a boy, mm-hmm. uh, there was an accident. The boy accidentally fell into the water and mm-hmm. drowned. Oh my. So Christine is obviously appears deeply traumatized yeah. by this horrible accident. That's you taken say place. appears. Well, this is the thing. So she, she appears <laughs> totally traumatized. Okay. She's crying, crying. But this is in front of all the camp counselors. Yeah. So then Nick picks her up, you know, comforts her, takes her home. As soon as they get into the car, Christine suddenly becomes really nonchalant. And it seems like she, she starts like listening to music, playing with her phone, mm-hmm. acting like nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. So Nick is you know, a little concerned. And he's worried that maybe Christine is being influenced by the toxic atmosphere of the house. Okay. So she just, he decides, he goes to his sister Margot from the original film. Oh, yeah. And convinces her to move in with him for a little while. Because he feels like there needs to be a strong, a positive female role model in the house to kind of yeah. make up for Amy being this toxic woman. <laughs> so Amy's furious about this because she hates her sister-in-law. And Margot's not thrilled either. But Amy has, is powerless to stop it. Mm-hmm. She's trapped upstairs in her wheelchair. There's mm-hmm. not much she can do. So Margot moves in. And 
with Margot in the house, the balance of power once more tips in favour of Nick because he's got an ally in the house now. They're sharing responsibility for looking after Amy. It means Nick can go out a bit more. He can do some shifts at the bar. He can socialise. He can just have time to himself. And, you know, he has a bit of an escape from this horrible life. So things are good for Nick. Yeah. Uh, but Margot was not happy about moving in. She only agreed to move in as long as she could bring along her beloved cat, who's called Captain. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Listeners, by the way, Captain is the cat of our local pub, the Kemic, mm-hmm. um, who last night John actually managed to scare away just by hissing <laughs> at Captain as soon as Captain walked into the pub. Everybody hates John now at that pub. I'm surprised he's not barred, really. No apologies. No regrets. Zero regrets. John hates cats. He feels they, <laughs> they steal his attention. <laughs> true. It's true. It's a fact. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I mean, the more interesting. Mm-hmm. Carry on. Anyway. So... Despite Nick's hopes, Margot and Christine actually don't get along at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margot finds her niece to be creepy and too similar to her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christine resents her because Margot is now the, the kind of the disciplinarian of the house. Because Nick's always been super soft on her. Mm-hmm. And her mom kind of ignores her. Whereas Margot is actually quite a sensible person. She tries to like discipline. Instill some discipline into this little, into this little girl. Yeah. And Christine has never been disciplined before, so she doesn't take it very well. So one day, while Nick's working at the bar, it's just Margot and Christine with Amy upstairs. Uh, so... Margot tells Christine to tidy her room before dinner, mm-hmm. and Christine refuses, throws a massive tantrum, they end up in a massive like, argument that results in Margot getting pushed to the edge and actually she slaps Christine. All oh, right. Yeah, very bad. And Christine instantly goes very quiet and does what she's told, she tidies the room, acts like nothing's happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's never mentioned to Nick. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Nick wakes up and goes downstairs where he's greeted by the smell of burning. Okay. And so he rushes into the kitchen where he finds that the microwave is on, and there is smoke billowing from the microwave. Mm. He turns off the electric, runs over to the microwave, opens it, where he finds the charred remains of poor Captain. <gasps> no! Um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling. <laughs> You're telling. <laughs> the cat got microwaved. What a tragic, tragic turn of events. Oh my god. <laughs> So, obviously, Nick blames Amy for this. Uh-huh. If, if, I blame if, you for this. If listeners could see your face, I think this might be the most horrified you've ever looked. And you've... I've taken you to some dark places before, but I think this might be... Yeah, this is too far, John. This is too, this far, is too far. far. Well, I'm sorry. We're going to have to commit to it now. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, Nick naturally blames Amy for this. But Margot argues that, couldn't pos- that Amy couldn't possibly have gotten downstairs, caught a cat, shoved it into a microwave without anybody hearing. Mm. So, she's like, clearly it's Christine. She must have wanted revenge. She's- and she admits that she got into an argument with Christine, mm. that she slapped Christine. And she says... Christine is clearly the culprit mm-hmm. but Nick refuses to believe it he's really blinded by love for his daughter and he's also really furious that Margot slapped her so that kind of blinds him again so he kind of blames Margot mm-hmm. so anyway Margot is devastated you know her cat has just been microwaved mm-hmm. you know? uh, so she privately Jesus con- Christ <laughs> <laughs> do you need a moment? yeah this is difficult to listen to <laughs> so Margot confronts Christine and tells her she knows that she did it she uh-huh. knows it was her and she's going to prove it one way or another. Mm-hmm. And Christine continues to like play innocent. She's like, you know, she's eight years old. She's very cute. She's very sweet. I like that contrast. Mm. I like this is kind of inspired by a film you've probably not seen called The Bad Seed, which is about this very cutesy child who's also like a psychopath. You hit him with the shoes, didn't you? You hit him with the shoes. That's how he got those half moon marks on his forehead and on his hands. Answer me, Rhoda. Answer me. I hit him with the shoes. I had hit him with the shoes. What else could I do? But you realize that you murdered him. But it was his fault. If he gave me the medal like I told him to, I wouldn't have hit him. <laughs> All right. Hmm, 
like it. Yeah. Anyway, so but I really want this kid to be like really cute scene, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the next day, Margot sets off for a shift at the bar, and she's driving, and her route to work involves driving through a rail crossing. Right. And so as she approaches, she hits the brakes. Mm-hmm. The brakes don't work. Oh. So in classic thriller movie style, her car crashes through the barrier, mm-hmm. where she's immediately mown down by a speeding train. So Margot is now dead. Oh, man. Yeah. This film <laughs> this has a body Not cast. her day. No, no. First the cat, now this. Yeah. So obviously Nick is horrified by this. Uh-huh. And he still blames Amy. Mm-hmm. He can't convince himself that it's the daughter. So he, he now confronts Amy. And he's like, I know you, I know you did this. Mm. And she denies all knowledge. She's like, I'm in a fucking wheelchair. How do you expect me to microwave a cat and then cut a bitch's brakes? That's <laughs> <laughs> what she says. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly Christine, Nick. Wake up to yourself. Right? <laughs> I think that's the line of the podcast. How do you expect me to microwave a cat and cut a bitch's brakes? Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So, but Nick is still refusing to accept this. She refuses to deal with it. Uh, and they get into a blazing row. And in which Amy reveals that Christine was never Nick's biological daughter in the first place. Mm, right. Actually, her biological father was Desi, Neil Patrick Harris's <gasps> character. Oh. So Nick is utterly devastated now. Mm-hmm. This is a really shit day. Mm-hmm. So he runs into his daughter's <laughs> Understatement. room. Understatement. Yeah, his sister's dead, the cat's dead, his daughter who he loves is not his daughter. Mm. Yeah. So he runs into his daughter's room and then searches it, he like tears it to pieces. Mm. Eventually finding a diary. Oh. And at this point, the film flips, like the original film flips, mm. and we get some flashbacks, mm-hmm. narrated by the daughter, mm-hmm. much in the same way that the original film okay. is narrated by Amy. Yeah, yeah. So, through the, so, through a series of flashbacks, we see all the things that she did. So, we see that, first of all, she was the one who tripped Amy up when she was walking down the stairs. She was, like, hiding around the corner. She heard the parents arguing. Mm-hmm. So, as they were descending the stairs, she kind of, you know, Nick was too drunk to notice. Mm. She stuck her leg out, tripped her up. Mm-hmm. Amy went flying. Mm-hmm. Then, at the summer camp... She ki- she drowned the boy mm. because he kissed. She caught him kissing another boy, and like her mum, she does not play that way. So fair enough. Yeah, she she drowned a little boy. Mm. Then she, obviously she microwaved the captain. Mm-hmm. And then she cut Margot's brakes, and now she write and, and and then she writes. You know, this is all obviously it's all in voiceover. Mm. Now it says all she needs to do is finish off Amy, and then she and Daddy can be happy together forever. Very very dark. Yeah. So she doesn't know that. Ben Affleck is not her dad. No, she has no idea. Okay. She she idolizes her daddy. That is very that is that is genuine. Right. So all of this is just to get rid of anyone who's stands in the way of her and her daddy, basically. Yeah. Apart from the little boy, that was just because she's vengeful and doesn't take being cheated on very well. Mm. Just she's her mother's daughter. Mm-hmm. So anyway, now Nick is just completely broken. So we just see him sat in the wreckage of his daughter's room, or you know, or his supposed daughter's room, mm. just catatonic, just a completely broken man, and it cut and in the background. We just see Christine slipping into Amy's room, holding a pillow, and then the credits roll. We fade to black, and the credits roll, and that's the end of the film. <laughs> wow, it's very unresolved. Yeah, well, it's dark. It's like yeah, I like a dark, unresolved ending. So. Wow, wow, okay. Once again, you look unsettled. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a while to get over this one. <laughs> Any questions? Yeah, yeah. Can can I have another co-host? <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, well, that's that done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that uh, all you listeners enjoyed it a little bit more than I did. You don't feel as unsettled. Um, yeah. Look, I'm a storyteller. I just, you know, I just go where it, the muse takes me. Sure, sure. Okay, well, is next week at least going to be an, an upbeat one? Well, before next week, I, we, I need to get to some listener submissions. Sure, We've okay. had some good ones, Ooh, We've well had some good ones this week. So, there's quite a lot, and they've all been really good. 
So, first of all, we've got Dad Zone Cast, which is at Dad Zone Cast. Mm-hmm. His pitch is called Gone Girl 2 Back in the Habit, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, yeah, great. So, in this one, Amy turns her life around uh-huh. and devotes herself to helping inner city kids at a troubled Catholic school. And it's a musical. <laughs> so. A musical as well? Yeah, so it's essentially Sister Act. Yeah. Which I like. Would Ben Affleck be in this musical? Can he sing? I don't know. But would, you, you, would, would you like to see I him I would sing? love to see him try. Yeah. Mm. Has he ever sung on film? Mm. I don't really think of him singing anything. No. I would like to see that. Mm, yeah, me really too. I would like to see that. I would I also think. like to see a very muscly Elijah Wood singing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, could we just have your Lifetime movie as a Lifetime musical? <laughs> sure, that, sure. That would just be the icing on the cake for mm-hmm. that, I think. Cool. So, launching the pilot at launching T-Pilot. So Amy becomes more and more evil and becomes a supervillain and starts framing random people for crimes. And Nick needs to become a caped crusader to rescue her. Hey, to stop her. Good so one. So essentially, it's a, yeah, he becomes Batman. Hey. Maybe the whole thing is a Batman origin story. Oh, that's kind of a shot done that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yep. Uh, Quotal Recall, apt Quotal Recall. Mm. Uh, they want the second film to all be about the revenge of a zombie Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I? <laughs> uh, is Not Radio, at Is Not Radio want to do some kind of dilemma for murder kind of staffing, which Affleck strikes a plan to get rid of his bonkers wife once and for all. So it's mm-hmm. the whole film half following him trying to kill her off, basically. Mm-hmm. And finally, 20th Century Geek, which is at 20th Century Geek, that's 20TH Century Geek, wants to do a black comedy inspired by the film War of the Roses with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas, in which they're trying to kill each other off in ways that escalate completely, while being pursued by a reporter who wants the truth. I'm hoping the reporter's going to be the crazy reporter from the mm, film. Mm. Yeah, that could be. So, and the reporter actually becomes Ben Affleck's love interest. Mm. So he sleeps with the reporter. Uh, and the climax would be that Ben Affleck literally brings the house down on top of her to get away and kill her. <laughs> uh, however, in a post-credit sequence, you cut to a hospital bed and um, Rosamund Pike, Amy, is still, a, is battered and bruised, but alive. Mm. She's in recovery. And then the door opens and Amanda Waller walks in from, from oh, Suicide Squad. Oh, God. Uh, she has offered for her to join a, join a team. And then so it ends with Amy joining a suicide squad. Oh, great. Which I think she'd fit in pretty nicely. Yeah, she's so clearly a sociopath. It's been Affleck still Batman in this or what? I don't know. Maybe we can squish, we can squash all these pictures together and make one really good movie. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, good work, guys. Really good stuff this week. So nice. If you have any pictures for sequels you'd like to see for um, Gone Girl mm-hmm. or any other film that we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Beyond the Box Set. Our website is beyondtheboxset.com. We're also or, on Instagram. Or otherwise now. said... Beyondtheboxset.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also on Instagram now, Beyond the Box Set. Oh. So, yeah, new development for us. What's what's going on on Instagram? I'm just posting lots of funny pictures and clips from our um, episodes and stuff like that. So, yeah, sure, yeah it's sure. doing well. So, yeah, find us there. Uh, we're on we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, all your favourite podcast platforms. Uh, if you do like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. It's really good for our visibility. It helps us out a lot. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So, next week, we are having a guest. Hey. Yep. We're going to have a gentleman called Sebastian Clark, who's a friend of mine. He's going to be joining us. Okay, now, how much like you is he? Is he, is he going to pick like a really dark thing again? Well, he's chosen a film called The Room. Okay, I've not heard of this before. Yeah, not I assume con- it's not Room. No, not to be confused by with Room with Brie Larson. Okay. The Room is... Well, I'm not going to tell you what The Room is. I'm going to just let you watch it, and then we will see where... Okay, we're great. Going I look forward to it. So yeah, so next week, choosing next week for The Room. Okay, which is going to be a really cheery episode, right? Yes, it's going to be really happy and fun and full of light and s- smiles and Good, no, no dead cats. I can make no promises. Uh, Let's see if Captain pisses me off tonight. Hey. <laughs> anyway. Anything else? Nah. I don't feel like you're going to speak to me for a while. Nah. <laughs>
All right. That's all, folks. Bye. See you next week.